Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Rowan Adler, and we have my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, on the, on the line also. We are your leadership development coaches. Between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. And today, we're going to talk to a top 10% performer who's had a lifetime of helping others be in the top 10%, and that's Pat Williams, the Senior VP and Co-Founder of the NBA final team, the Orlando Magic, and the author of the newly released book that we'll talk about, Extreme Dreams Depend on Teams. So let me tell you a little bit about Pat. Um, Being a basketball fan as I am, it's been a phenomenal basketball season, especially for the Orlando Magic. Had an incredible playoff run, beating the, the 76ers, last year's champs, the Boston Celtics, and the league champs, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who had the best record in the NBA. Uh, so we'll hear from Pat just about the kind of the enthusiasm and kind of how that came about as far as a team. But it had a, it was a, a fabulous, fabulous run. A couple other things about uh, uh, Pat: since 1968, he has been affiliated with NBA teams in Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia, including the 1983 World Champions, uh, 76ers, and now in Orlando which he co-founded in 1986 and helped lead to the NBA Finals in uh, 95 and also 2009. Pat was named one of the 50 most influential people in the NBA history by a national publication. He has worked with uh, some of the key pros that we know. He traded for Pete Maravich. He traded for Julius Irving, Moses Malone, Penny Hardaway. Uh, he drafted Charles Barkley, kind of one of my favorite uh, basketball characters, Shaquille O'Neal, Maurice Cheeks, Andrew Tony, Daryl Dawkins, and he's also, you may not know this, a motivational speaker. He has addressed thousands of executives and organizations ranging from Fortune 500 companies and national associations uh, to universities and nonprofits. Clients have included Allstate, American Express, Cisco, Coca-Cola, Disney, IBM, Lockheed Martin, Price Waterhouse, Tyson Foods, to name a few. He is the author of 54 books. So, uh, Pat, that's amazing. We'll hear about that, and including uh, one of the latest titles, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Inside Basketball. He also hosts three weekly radio shows. So, Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics. That's why I have Pat Williams here, uh, and interview proven leaders to provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders. Kathy, welcome to the call. Thanks, Riley. I'm also very excited to, to welcome Pat Williams uh, to the show today as a, a Philly girl myself, and I know that uh, we're going to have a wonderful conversation. But before we do, I want to make sure that our audience always remembers that leaders are the heartbeat of an organization. And most leaders will just, well, they underestimate how much influence they have on others. And as a result, sometimes they can underperform. And as a result, their teams will underperform with them. But as we know, doing just a few things differently can really 
help your organization perform at its best. And in every one of our programs, Relly and I try to bring you information on how to develop yourself and others to be the best leaders you can possibly be in your organization. What happy companies know about performance is always top of mind, along with emotional intelligence strategies and positive psychology and how that contributes to brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance as well. We love to talk about work-life balance, generation and gender differences, strategies for managing yourself and your boss, and especially self-management tools to help you be your best. And in today's show, I know that Pat Williams will do that as well. So, Relly, before we talk to Pat, maybe you can tell the audience a little bit about the science behind leadership and why it's important to leadership development. Uh, yeah, sure. Thanks, Kathy. And I just want to mention some of the things that we just know. We think that leadership is is in is inborn. Some people do, but it really can be learned. And there's a lot of research about leadership. One of the things is that a leader has 50 to 70 percent influence over the climate of their team. So we like to say that the leader is the emotional thermostat on their team. And Pat in his books talks about some of the key. Uh, leaders on teams and their key things are on teams, but they also can be the emotional thermostat and, and help support and motivate others. And the key to being a star performer is someone in the top 10%. And one of the key uh, competencies is this competency of emotional intelligence, knowing yourself, understanding yourself, knowing others, understanding others. And why this tipping point of the top 10%? Well, if you get someone in the top 10%, they produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. And I'm just thinking about some of the top basketball players who, who some of them are paid twice as much as someone else on the team, um, but what they're able to add to the team and also they're able to add to the revenue. We know when you have training alone in an organization, it's about a 22% increase. If you add ongoing coaching, both uh, Kathy and I are certified coaches, you can have about an 88%. So I mentioned uh, a couple things about Pat. Uh, Pat, welcome to the show. Nice to be on with both of you. Appreciate the introduction and glad we can visit today. Yeah, this is going to be great. I'll just mention a couple of things and then we'll jump right into it. Um, one of the other things I noticed is that you've run 50 marathons. So, so you're an incredible athlete yourself just to have that many marathons. And uh, you're married and you're wife to wife Ruth and you're the parents of 19 children, 14 which are adopted from four different nations. And um, and have four kids of your own. So, Pat, welcome to the call, and we're we're really excited to jump into this. Well, I am too. I love to talk about leadership, and I'm excited about my new book that's just come out in the last week or two. Extreme Dreams Depend on Teams, and uh, we've got a lot to cover. Okay, good. Well, Pat, we always love to start our show uh, asking our guests who have been. And this is a tough one for you, I'm sure. Who've been the most influential people in your life, and especially in your role as a leader? Well, I had very uh, unique parents growing up in Wilmington, Delaware. My dad was a high school coach and a teacher before he got in the insurance business. My mother, I guess we would call a, a statewide activist. I saw leadership modeled in the area of um, mental retardation when my youngest uh, sister was born uh, to, to impact the state of Delaware, mental health issues. Uh, I remember through the whole civil rights movement, my parents were very much involved, very active in the Democratic Party uh, through the days of uh, Truman and Adlai Stevenson and John F. Kennedy. 
I mean, just uh, I saw all this leadership uh, principles. I saw it right in front of me on a daily basis. I didn't fully grasp it, but as I look back now, I, was, I, I had all that being modeled in front of me. Well, so that's a great uh, background, especially you know, hearing your excitement about uh, sports, that your dad was a high school coach. And so I know just from reading the, the little start of the book and, and your bio, you started playing baseball. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. And then, and then how, did you, and what, how did you make that transition? Because then most of your career then has been basketball. How did you make that transition? Well, my play? dad took me to my first Major League Baseball game on June fifteenth, 1947. I was seven years old. Uh, the Scheib Park in Philadelphia, 21st in Lehigh. Uh, the Philadelphia A's and the Cleveland Indians in a Sunday afternoon doubleheader. I remember it as if it was yesterday. Uh, I was absolutely captured and riveted by the sights and the sound and the smell of baseball and the color. Everything was green. Uh-huh. The grass, the seats, the, the walls. Uh, uh, that, that day is as fresh in my mind as it was yesterday. And I knew right then, I woke up the next morning absolutely captured by a dream. I, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be a ball player. Uh-huh. And so I started setting goals as a youngster through school, then on to college where I played at Wake Forest. I went into the Phillies organization out of college, spent two years as a minor league catcher and five helping run minor league teams for the Phillies. And then 41 years ago this summer, I got a phone call out of a clear blue sky at the ballpark in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where I was GMing the Phillies Farm Club. And it was Jack Ramsey, who was about to become the coach of the 76ers and also the GM, and asked me to come and help run the front office. I had never thought about pro basketball as a career at all, but I took the job, uh, and uh, here we are 41 years later uh, with stops in Chicago, Atlanta, back to Philadelphia, and the last 23 years in Orlando with the Orlando Magic. So that, that covers a lot of turf, really, in, in a brief period, but uh, that's how it all started for me. Well, so just to say a word, how did Jack Ramsey know about you? Because I think, think about your career, and it sounds like that one telephone call and whatever that association uh, with him opened up, opened up the rest of your career. Well, I walked out to the ballpark that July day in 1968, and there was a phone message on a pink slip of paper to return a call to a Jack Ramsey in Inglewood, California. And I'd heard of that name. He was a longtime coach at St. Joseph's in Philadelphia, a very prominent uh, basketball personality. And sure enough, it was Jack Ramsey, and he was in Inglewood completing a trade that was going to send Wilt Chamberlain to the Lakers. And Jack told me he was going to take over the coaching duties. I had never met him till I flew to Philadelphia for the interviewing process. But but sometime later, I did ask Jack how he knew about me. Right. And all he ever said was, "There was a lot more known about you in Philadelphia than you thought." Uh-huh. And the only thing, I, the, only an, the only answer I could give to that, we I, I ran the Phillies Farm Club uh, from '65 to '68 in in Spartanburg. We had we, we had some wonderful successes, lots of promotional activity, and we drew a lot of people and. Uh, started to get some ball players ready to come to Philadelphia, and the Philly media had given me some coverage. You know, this young farmhand down in Spartanburg. So that, I think that's what Jack meant. Uh-huh, okay. I was saying Philly is a, a very small city where information travels fast. So now I know how you got from playing baseball uh, to to basketball. Yep, it was a, it was a very sudden transition. I packed everything up at the end of that '68 baseball season and drove to Philadelphia and. Uh, 
Here I am. I still haven't unpacked yet, Kathy. <laughs> well, I know Rowie wants to talk more about the basketball, but I want to ask you. We, we said baseball to basketball. So how did we get from basketball to this fabulous new book uh, called Extreme Dream, Depend on Teams? Kathy, I've always had an interest in the, in the written word and the spoken word. I, I debated coming out of college, did I want a career in in the administrative end of baseball, or did I want to go into broadcasting? Uh, while I was in high school and college and then grad school, I wrote for the school papers. So I've always had a fascination with the written and spoken word. And uh, as, as the years have gone on, I've had these writing opportunities. I, you know, it's certainly a sideline. I, I, I can't make a living, <laughs> you know, writing and selling books, but it, it's a wonderful opportunity to express myself. My, 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 my fields that, uh, that I'm focused on are leadership, teamwork, and personal improvement, or maximum living. You know, th- those are the three areas really where I'm writing specifically, or writing about people uh, who, uh, who have mastered those fields. So, and, and that's the same with my corporate speaking world, leadership, teamwork, and living to your full potential. So that's really where I'm focused. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Pat, but I want you to keep up the enthusiasm because I'm totally mesmerized by this whole story. This is Leadership Development News, so don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. 
Every company will rise or fall based on marketing strategy. In today's business world, companies are realizing a significantly reduced marketing budget. Some may find themselves starving for new business. With the Internet continuing to grow by leaps and bounds, companies may find that the opportunity proves to be overwhelming. Tune into the Business Net Marketing Hour with Greg Gaskell and Jason Kepi for a straight-up guide to navigating the world of online marketing. Tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with uh, Pat Williams senior VB and co-founder of the Orlando Magic, and we're getting into his new book, Extreme Dreams Depend on Teams, and I was saying, uh, Pat, that I was so impressed, you know, Kathy and I have both written numerous books, but you've written 54 books, and in your intro in Extreme Dreams, you you basically say that every book you want should be a thousand pages, but, but that people... Uh, tell you to stop. So maybe that's how you got 54 books. Maybe you can kind of talk a little bit about you know your your writing. Well, I wrote my first one, uh, uh, an autobiography that came out uh, 35 years ago. Uh, I was in my mid 30s at the time, so there was not a lot of autobiographical material to yeah. write about. But I had a good experience with that. But it certainly uh, had it was not a, a hot button. I think uh, <clears throat> the whole speaking and writing world exploded for me when I moved to Orlando. Uh, we moved down there in 1986 to help start the Magic up as an expansion team. Orlando is, along with Vegas, the convention capital of the world. Right. And so you've got meetings going on all the time. And I, I started to get some speaking opportunities. And uh, and then you've got to craft a speech. In other words, if you're speaking in corporate America, uh-huh. <clears throat> you better have it pinned down and nail it <clears throat> and know what you're talking about it and have something of value for the corporate world. So as I began to prepare speeches, then uh, the, the thought always was, you know, this might turn into a book. Hmm. So I released two books in the mid-'90s. Uh, one was about Walt Disney's Five Secrets of Success. I had gotten Disney eyes, by the way, when I got to Orlando. <laughs> and uh, that uh, Go for the Magic was uh, came out in '95, And then in '97, I wrote a book called The Magic of Teamwork. And I think those two books uh, with Thomas Nelson Publishers really kind of launched my writing career. It, it's um, one of those just unbelievable experiences that that you've been able to uh, to, to write about. And in your book, you have your principles like great leaders build teams, um, and and many more. But can you give us some examples and and how that plays out in the corporate world? Well, Kathy, as I uh, have had opportunities to <clears throat> speak in corporate America, the number one topic is teamwork. That, that's what I hear most from them whether it's a Fortune 500 company or a mom-and-pop widget factory, the question always is, how do I take this organization, this team, uh, a so-called team, and really turn them into a team? And they're intrigued in corporate America about the great sports team builders. Mm-hmm. In other words, the John Woodens or the Vince Lombardis, the uh, Bill Parcells. I mean, you go down the list, and the question is, 
what they have done in putting sports teams together is that transferable over into my corporation here. And what I'm really writing about in Extreme Dreams Depend on Teams is that, yes, it is. There are eight principles I've discovered that, that great teams possess, and they, they work in the sports world or the military world, the business world, whatever world you're in. I really am convinced that these eight qualities are, are anchor any team. So uh, I'm, I'm just fascinated with the fascination that the corporate world has in the sports world, and I'm, I'm trying to translate that over here. Well, I think uh, with that, Pat, you know your your stories and your experience. Like you said, you've been you've been living your your life uh, writing this book and experiencing uh, this for this book. Let me just ask you a question because you know Kathy and I work in organizations. We work with a lot of teams, and a lot of times I want to get your take on this. Um, everybody wants to be on a team, but I think it's really really challenging to be on a team. And I know you have in your book that uh, that you know people. You kind of live to be on teams, or, or I think something like that. And I usually say that teamwork is is somewhat unnatural, meaning that you really have to work at it. So maybe you can kind of comment about that. Do you think it's a natural thing, um, and the and then how much effort do people have to be to actually really be a team versus maybe a work group? Well, that's a great that's a great point. I think by nature we're selfish, uh, we're self centered. Okay. You know, we want the world to revolve around us. So to be a leader and and uh, really really teach and meld and uh, convince and sell uh, people, particularly in the athletic world where they're so gifted and they're they're they've been such a centerpiece item since they were five years old. To get them to sacrifice mm-hmm. some of their individual stuff on the front end, right? So that the team collectively flourishes. Now here's the paradox: on the back end, the individuals will flourish more if the team does well. So I think the challenge is how do you uh, how do you develop this mindset? Uh, maybe a quote from Jameer Nelson would help here. The point guard for the Magic right. came out of St. Joe's in Philadelphia. Hmm. When asked about his future or his aspirations in basketball, he said, "My goal, my only goal, is to be the best teammate that anybody's ever had." And I I, I can't help but think, Kathy, if that little slogan was on every desk, in every cubicle in America, in every company. Right. Uh, what, what radical transformation we might see across our nation. Just say that one more time, Pat. Uh, Jameer Nelson simply says, my goal, my only goal is to be the best teammate that anybody's ever had. Isn't that beautiful? And, and so I, I'm just trying to say, be, be it uh, military units or the business world or churches or you, you just name it, if that was taped on every desk in America, uh, I think we'd see some major things happening across corporate America. Oh, no, absolutely. I just wanted the audience to hear it from you again because you say it with such enthusiasm. Well, that, that, that would be my take on that. Together, every, I, uh, chapter five in this book, I talk about these eight principles of great teams. The, mm-hmm. the fifth one that I write about, uh, great teams are always thinking T-E-A-M-S. Together, everybody achieves more successfully. Uh, we can, uh, and maybe the best illustration I can give you of that, uh, the Christmas season to me really always starts when I see that first commercial on television uh, those four Clydesdale horses uh-huh. plowing through the snow. I can even give you the music. That's Christmas for me. Anyway, I, the Clydesdales are fascinating, and if you hitch one of those big horses, he can pull a load of 5,000 pounds. 
You get two of them pulling together, they can get 15 to 20,000 pounds going, and four of them pulling collectively can pull up to 50,000 pounds. Wow. So I think if horses get it, you yeah. know, I would say humans certainly should a whole lot more easily. Well, and I think uh, in there you define uh, synergy, you know, the, the, that root of synergy. What was it? The root of synergy, you remember that? Well, here, here, I, I think the word synergy and the other word I would introduce here really is chemistry. Chemistry, yes. Uh, there, there's this fascination, this intrigue with where do you get that chemistry? Yeah. Where does it come from? Uh, all I can tell you is this. I, I've been around enough teams. I know when it's there, and I also know when it's not there. And I'm not quite sure how you get it, and I'm not quite sure why you lose it. <laughs> it's kind of a mystical yeah. quality. But, but, I, but let me just say this. It may well come uh, from winning. You know, I think, that, I think at the end of the day, this book, Extreme Dreams, it's really all about winning, uh, about putting units together that produce victories. In my business, Kathy, if you don't produce enough W's, they slide you off the stage. Right. Yeah, well, and, and here comes somebody else to take your place. And the reason is always the same, too many L's and not enough W's. Well, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me because in the corporate world, you know, Raleigh and I are faced with this all the time, so I'm going to ask you, from your experience, I mean, you are dealing with a lot of big egos. What is the best way to lead yeah. uh, a group of highly talented athletes like you do, known to have big egos, to get those W's? Well, I've got I've got an interesting writing project going on now. It'll be out in November. But Chuck Daly, uh, the longtime NBA coach, died in May of uh, pancreatic cancer. Uh, coached the Pistons to two championships at the end of the 80s. He was our Olympic dream team coach in '92. And and Chuck had a very very interesting approach. He he was enormously successful, but he kept reminding and he talked about it and he would simply say it's a players' league. And he said, if the players feel you as the coach are trying to out-duke them for public consumption, uh, trying to d- d- duke them out there for endorsements or billboard signage along the expressway, they'll tune you out real quick. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so the bottom line is ego in check, ego in check as the coach. Uh, Catherine Graham was the publisher of the Washington Post for many years, and whenever any world leader would come to Washington, they would always end up at her house or in her office. I mean, over years, I mean, every world leader came through Catherine Graham's world. And somebody asked her before her death at a luncheon, uh, said, Catherine, is there a common quality you've noticed with these leaders that you most admire? And she answered immediately, absence of arrogance. Hmm. Absence of arrogance. That may be a book I write one day, <laughs> but, but a humble spirit, a, a, an absence of arrogance, I think is the key to dealing with your athletes. It's a, in, in the NBA, Chuck Daly would always remind people, it's a player's league. Hmm. It's a player's league. It, now, college basketball, really, is a coach's league. Right. A coach's world. They're there forever, the Dean Smiths and the Adolph Rupps and the Pat Summits and Gino Oriema. I mean, they're forever. Mm-hmm. And the players come and go. And in college basketball, now they're, they, they may be there just a year. But, right. but the coaches are icons. In the pros, it's, it's, it's a player's league. And smarter the coaches who understand that. Well, so let's talk about a couple of the principles. You know, I think you're, you're, uh, 
seven principles really overlap with all the emotional intelligence. Let's, we will get into that. But I think you start off which, with the title, Extreme Dreams. And I think that part is very inspiring and in that you left Philadelphia and you kind of follow the dream. And maybe talk about how you've seen that work for you and how you've seen that work for others. Well, it, really what I'm trying to do with this book is challenge people to think bigger, mm-hmm. to shatter those mental restrictions that limit us, mindsets that say so high and no more. Uh, because we are capable as human beings doing a whole lot more than we ever dreamed we could. So I opened the book telling about my extreme dream, uh, starting a team from scratch in Orlando, Florida. The Orlando of the mid-'80s, believe me, was not the Orlando of today. And there were many naysayers. They had never had Major League Sports there. There was no arena. The NBA had, n- had not even agreed to add more teams. So it was the ultimate leap of faith. But ten months after we started... Uh, the NBA did award us a franchise. We just finished our 20th season. Mm. I got to the finals with the Lakers, have a beautiful new arena underway that will be ready in a little over a year. And so I'm living proof that, that dreams can come true. But none of that would happen would have happened unless we had been able to put a great team together of political leaders and business leaders and sports leaders, and uh, they made it happen. So throughout the book, I tell these stories of what we consider solo operators, whether it was Charles Lindbergh across the Atlantic or Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel. But the hidden secret here is enormous support teams uh, behind those individual efforts, and none of it would have happened without great teams that these people built. Well, Pat, we're going to come right back to more of these fabulous stories. This is Leadership Development News, so come right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, 
and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Profiles and Practice of Top Performers. We're talking about Pat, to Pat Williams, who just uh, has his book, Extreme Dreams, Depend on Teams. And we want to, there's a, we've got so many different questions, Pat, we want to ask you about this. First, say, is there anything else more about Extreme Dreams? Then maybe we'll start going through a couple of the principles um, that you have here, like top talent and great leadership. So anything more, because it sounds like one of your missions is to get people to see that there, there is no glass ceiling. Well, that's that's really the the prime mission of this book, to really expand that mental horizon. So often we we limit ourselves. We we build a a wall up there in our mindset and bang our heads against that wall. The the, the thought process process is well, I could never do that. Or my fifth grade teacher said I could never do this. Or I had an eighth grade classmate who said, "What makes you think you could?" Ever? And you know what? We buy into it. Yeah. And, and I, I would challenge people and say, where is that carved in granite? Where is that etched in stone? Right. So, so shatter that restriction and go for it. But you've got to understand, whether it's a company or a NASA space vision, sports team, you've got to put a team together. And, and, and the first attribute, by the way, really, is you've got to have outstanding talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you can't have a great team without outstanding talent. And the obvious reaction to that is, well, duh, anybody knows that. But I'm amazed in corporate America how oftentimes companies are intimidated by talented people. They're frightened of them. Because let's face it, talented people can be very imaginative. They can be very creative. They can be very independent in their thinking. But without talented people, you're always going to be doomed to mediocrity. And so I, I encourage companies, be very, very careful. Don't hire too quickly. Take your time. When there's an opening on your team, you know, study that person and research them and do the psychological testing and get as many background checks. Don't rush into hiring because most companies get in trouble when they hire too fast. Well, that, that kind of brings me to a question that I have, Pat, and uh, I'm sure you've heard this before, but, you know, in corporate America, often we get great talent, but they're young, they're inexperienced, they have the skills, but not, let's call it, the, the know-how. In, in your experience, now I know you have Dwight Howard on your team, and he's come right out of high school. Certainly LeBron James has made a big name for himself in the league coming right out of high school. Now, these are young talent uh, and these, these folks have been placed, it seems, in the right roles. 
how, how does that work? How, how, how can you help corporate America understand how to do the right thing with the talent and the youth that they have? Kathy, one of the great goals in sports is that if your best player, your marquee player, also is your best leader, mm. now you've got the best combination possible. It, it's not automatic. You know, that, that's, those two are not interchangeable necessarily. Let me give you a quick example. Uh, Michael Jordan came to the Bulls in 84, 21 years old, out of North Carolina, marvelous talent. But it took a few years, a number of years, for, for when Phil Jackson became the coach to convince Michael about the importance of taking a role as a leader and involving his teammates. So as the years went on, Michael policed that locker room. He, he took care of all the issues at practice. His, his teammates, I think, were more intimidated by Michael than the coaches. They, they wanted Michael to be happy. <laughs> and, and there were so many issues that never even had to get to Phil Jackson as the head coach because right, right. Michael had taken care of them down at the lower level. And, and you, you see that in the playoffs, especially this year with Kobe Bryant and the Lakers, that you know, he's become so much more um, verbal and really doing all the coaching, you know, during the game. So yeah, Kobe Kobe has made a lot of progress. Now he's been around the league for what fourteen years, right? Right. So uh, now in our case with Dwight Howard, Kathy, he's he, he's finished his fifth year. He's twenty three years old, and 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 ideally, I mean, we want Dwight to be the leader every day, and and, and really take that role seriously. He's getting there. He's getting there. Now, so how do you, do you, I, I don't think you can rush the process. I, I, I think you, you keep talking, you keep teaching, you keep uh, expanding the vision of these young guys, but uh, I don't think you can just mandate it. Yeah. Uh, they, they have to earn it. And, and the biggest problem I see with young people, listen, i got a whole house full of them, <laughs> and, and, and I see it in, in my work with the magic. Uh, lots of ambitious young people, but guys, young ladies, you got to understand, you got to learn this business from the ground up. You've got to have a foundation. Well, you you cannot go too fast. You're not ready to be the commissioner of the NBA at 23. Uh, you know, you've got to learn. You've got to sell group sales tickets. <laughs> you've got to work right. in media relations. You've got to you know be a an assistant in the box office. I mean, wherever it is you are, you've got to learn the business. So, but, but the big takeaway I get from corporate experience. America is, if you have talent, <clears throat> pardon me, and and this talent really believes that they can lead, give them the opportunity to share their leadership skills in helping others do their best. So the real leader, the person who they're following, if you will, gets an opportunity to see their skills before they have to put themselves at risk. Well, that's where, where CEOs have got to really, really understand that. And, and uh, this has hit me as I, I'm writing this, these books, including this one, Kathy. We're, we're all in the leadership development business, whether we're parents or teachers or coaches or CEOs of companies. Uh, I love that statement that Jack Welch made years ago uh, when he was running General Electric. He said, I'm in the talent, talent development business. He said, I'm like a gardener uh, with water and other nutrients. And he said, my job is to grow my top 750 people. Mm. And then he did add, he said, of course, I've got to pull some weeds, too. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, that, that's really a wonderful way to look at, at what you're doing as a leader. 
we're all in the talent development business. We're all in the leadership right. training business. That's great. Uh, and so let's say, for example, with Dwight Howard, uh, how do you get him some of these leadership skills? If it's not inherent, he may be a great talent. I mean, do you, do you employ coaches? Are there special people who, aside from the coach, Maybe it's the assistant coaches, you know, uh, maybe there's a plethora of strategies that you have, but especially around the leadership piece, not the skill piece. I think at the end of the day, the head coach, in our case, Stan Van Gundy, has that prime responsibility. Okay. Patrick Ewing, is a, the former Nick yeah. Great, is, is with us on the staff, and Patrick basically is overseeing the day-to-day development of Dwight as a player. Uh-huh. Uh, our GM, Otis Smith, is very active. Uh, with the players and, and constantly is talking to Dwight about leadership issues. Dwight's a co- terrific guy. I mean, he's just well-raised, wonderful home background. He's just the best kid in the world and uh, developing rapidly as, as a unique uh, talent and very popular with his teammates. They would tell you that uh, at heart he's a 16-year-old, you know, a cut-up, loves to, loves to laugh. He's just a character. And uh, beginning to really get a picture, a sense of really how good he can be, and, and and the leadership is part of that. Now, some I've I've had players really over the years that don't want to be leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Tracy McGrady with us, yeah. uh, who had a great great talent before the injury started to take their toll, and we wanted Tracy to be the leader. But Tracy said publicly, he said, "I don't want to be a leader." Mm. Uh, some some players are better suited for that number two guy, you know, to be Tonto. Right. Um, and, and they just don't want that day because there's a lot of responsibility. Uh, there's a lot of pressure when you just step up and say, I'm going to be the leader because you've got to be the leader every day. Right. Let me ask you this question just about kind of personnel, about personnel and building teams. So you just traded for Vince Carter, kind of an older, mature, you know, incredible talent. How does, you know, is, it was part of the mix to step in as a leader or to do some mentoring or? Well, I think the prime thing with Vince is uh, to take advantage of he's coming back to his home roots, and uh, he's a, he, we need him to win games down the stretch for us in those final three minutes when so many NBA games ride or, right. or, or fall. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that, that chemistry fits. We talked a little bit earlier about chemistry, right. and we've made some major moves in the offseason. We've had a very active summer, and you, you don't really know about the chemistry process until you put all this in a test tube in the fall. So that's one of the risks in making too many changes with your team. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. But we, we sense that, uh, that Vince is going to fit in perfectly. Seems to be a real good team guy. Is he a leader type? Good question, and uh, we'll find out. I think he has been. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think in New Jersey that was his role. Uh, it, it'll be very interesting to see how he finds his niche here. Uh, Jameer Nelson views himself as a leader. We want Dwight to be the leader. Yeah. Uh, so they all have to kind of figure out where they fit. And uh, but but I, I would say this: if everybody views themselves as a leader and and handles it well, you probably have a terrific team going. Yeah. Well, that brings me to the question about how do you get all these individuals? I mean. You're bringing in individuals. Sometimes, you know, you get to grow them, but sometimes you bring them in like you're doing here with Vince and others. So how do you get them to let go of this 
individual contributor mentality and get them to promote and support each other. I think you, you wrote a little bit uh, about this in your book when you talked about uh, Lance Armstrong in the, in the Tour de France. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, Kathy, I think the, in the case of Vince Carter, uh, I think right now there's one thing on his mind as he comes towards the final stages of his career, and that's a ring, a championship ring. Uh, guys would give up uh, their house, you know, to have a ring. And I, I think when winning prevails over every individual thing they've accomplished, I think then that's the that's the perfect time to get them on your team. Uh, when when the individual stuff is all there, and now before I retire, I want a ring because winning is the ultimate measure. In other words, Michael Jordan, <clears throat> with all his individual stuff never would be considered the greatest player of all time if it wasn't for those six rings, those six championships. Right. So, so that's, that's the carrot out in front, and uh, you've got to keep it in front of them all the time. Part of, uh, a huge part of this falls on the head coach uh, to constantly be communicating and talking and sharing the vision and keeping them focused and keeping them on the right track. It's a long, long NBA season, and... Uh, that coach has an enormous amount of responsibility. Well, Pat, we're going to have to go to uh, a break here, and then we'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News. We're talking with Pat Williams. We're talking about his new book, Extreme Dreams Depend on Teams. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, 
and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking to Pat Williams, Senior VP and Co-Founder of the NBA Final Team, the Orlando Magic. Uh, I think we were talking a little bit about the principles that uh, that you were so kind to offer up in your book to help corporate America learn more about these dream teams. And, Relly, you had started to go through the list with Pat. Yeah. Can we go back to that? Let me just read through it, and then, Pat, we can zero in on them. So your principle one, I'm just reading from the book, is top talent. You talked about that. Principle two, we'll ask you more about great leaders build extreme teams. Principle three, commitment builds extreme teams. Principle four is passion, which we hear in your voice, Pat, all the time. Principle five is thinking team builds extreme teams. Principle six is empowered individuals. And then principle uh, seven is respect and trust. And the last one is strong character. So maybe... To say a word how you came up with those, then we can zero in on on, on the leadership one. Well, I'm approaching <clears throat> 50 years now in professional athletics uh, between my baseball career and this long run in the NBA. And through the years, I've been studying and analyzing teamwork and leadership and what it takes. And I, I didn't have it crystallized till maybe in the mid-'90s when I was suddenly being forced to talk about it and then write about it. So I really think that if a team has these eight qualities, you're going to have success. Uh, I know we're running out of time, Relly, but um, that second one is fascinating yeah. to me. It, 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 I, I simply take the point that there's never been a great team that didn't have outstanding leadership. Mm-hmm. And leadership is such a hot topic today. I mean, hardly a week goes by that I don't get another mailing piece or a brochure about a leadership conference, a leadership seminar, a leadership retreat. That doesn't take into account the books that are pouring out seemingly by the day on leadership. Right. In the business section in bookstores under management, there they are. I've got over 600 of them, Kathy, in my library at home. I've poured through them. I'm just I'm a, I'm a leadership book junkie. <laughs> so I've, I've combed out all the good stuff over the years. I tell people all the time I can save you a lot of time and a lot of money because I've bought them all and read them all. And, <laughs> folded them together with my almost 50 years of leadership in pro sports. And uh, I come away with seven principles, seven sides of leadership. Uh The first one is vision. I think leaders are always focused out over the horizon. Uh, They see the future before it gets here. They see further than others. They see before others. They see more than others. Hmm. And then you've got to secondly communicate that vision. When you think about the great leaders from 
Mr. Lincoln to Roosevelt to John F. Kennedy to Reagan to Dr. King, uh, this ability to communicate so powerfully verbally. Uh, our current president, I think, may well be in the White House because of those superb verbal skills. Mm -hmm. The third side of leadership are people skills. People, uh, leaders have a heart for people. They care about them. They're interested. They, they love people. And then the fourth quality I write about in leadership is character. And I know that's been an old big-time debate here about leadership. Does character really matter that much? But we're seeing a whole breakdown in our economic system. Every day, seemingly, there's another character breakdown in the political world. So uh, I would simply say honesty and integrity and responsibility and a humble spirit, for example, all part of character. And then competence. Uh, leaders are good at what they do, and that begs the question, are they born or made? And I... I guess that's the chicken and egg argument, but I, I really believe that leadership skills can be developed. They can be enhanced. Really, if they couldn't, what, what are you two guys doing on the radio? You know, why, why are you even talking about all this? And then the sixth side is boldness. Uh, leaders have to make decisions. Lee Iacocca was once asked if he could have one quality only in a leader, what would it be? And he said decisiveness. And then the final piece here of leadership, I'm convinced, is a serving heart. Uh, men and women who understand they're not in a position of leadership to dominate and crush and manipulate and maneuver people, but they're really there to serve them. And when that, when that seventh side is locked in, uh, you have a Lincoln, you have a Mother Teresa, you have a Mandela or uh, a David Livingston or an Albert Schweitzer, uh, you've got a, a very special leader. And so that seventh one goes along with what you, what you said earlier about Jameer Nelson, because that's not something you would expect somebody, you know, as a basketball player or, or an organization to say, that's my mission. Yeah, somewhere along the line, Jameer got that. He, he grew up in Chester, PA, you know, and, and had no real advantages in life. He was not a highly recruited high school star. Uh, coming out of college, uh, there were questions. He's, not, he's only about five foot ten, maybe. Uh, you know, there were real questions about him as a pro player, but uh, people lost sight of the, how tough he is mentally, but also uh, that he really does view himself as a, as a servant, as a leader, uh, making a difference in people's lives, facilitating for them. That's a very, very, very powerful force when, when a person grasps that as a leader. It's amazing. You know, leadership has become such a, a scientific topic now. And remember many, many years ago when Warren Bennis started looking at leadership as a science and people said, that's never going to work, it's never going to happen, we can't measure it. And look where we are. I mean, you have 60 books alone, Pat. You can imagine the Library of Congress probably has thousands. Well, and, and you know what makes me chuckle, Kathy? I often wonder, how did George Washington ever lead? He had <laughs> books, right? He had many books. And, and, and Abraham Lincoln in, the, in those five years oh. in Washington, no book. How about FDR? How did he ever get us through World War II? There were no books to read. Yeah, it's right, amazing, right. isn't it? We've, I'm, we've I'm come often a long way. often intrigued. I, I think it really, I, popularly, I, I'm convinced it started in 92, a fellow named Donald T. Phillips wrote a book called Lincoln on Leadership. Hmm. That was kind of the first popular version leadership right. book. It was, I remember when it hit, it was huge. And then John Maxwell came along with his 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And, right. and now uh, I, I think what those guys did was kind of bring leadership down to a lower shelf. You could 
reach it and get your hands around it a lot easier. Uh, now, now there's a whole tidal wave of it. So, so Pat, one of the things I want to ask you before we leave here, you're obviously a passionate guy. Uh, I'm amazed that you've run 50 marathons. I said that earlier. But one of the things is uh, we know for top leaders is that time to reflect, or sometimes it's called self-management. You know, what 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 do you do that gives you this uh, charge? How do you recharge yourself? Well, I think I think in my case, really, really, it would come back to my faith life. I. Uh, as a Christian, I really feel that, that that God has given me a mission in this world, and uh, I try and fulfill that mission. But but you do have to slow down, and you do have to get away. Uh, you do have to have quiet time just to reflect and plan. I mean, so much gets done, we never plan. Right. So planning and analyzing and uh, trying to get your life in order. Uh, it's hard for me because I'm a type A personality, and I've got to I've got to have a million projects going on, but uh, you do need time to slow and relax and uh, really and, and I do my best thinking. Very frankly, when I'm out running, I yeah I uh, if I can get out for an hour or two, right. uh, I, I find that I've got my best thinking process goes on out on the jogging trail. Well, there you go. Health and happiness go hand in hand with leadership. Well, and that's another, Kathy. That, there's no question, leader. You got to take care of yourself physically. You, your body uh, needs exercise. And it needs uh, good nutrition, and it needs rest, and it needs reflection. So as leaders, we do have an obligation to take care of our health. Well, Pat, this has been fascinating. We could spend another hour with you. But let me just say, where can people get a hold of the book, Extreme Dreams Depend on Teams? Well, it's in bookstores in the business section under management, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, Borders.com. And I always encourage people to visit my website, which is patwilliamsmotivate.com. That's great. Well, Pat, this has been this has been superb, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. We wish the Orlando Magic the, the best of luck in this next season. You've had you've had a great run. It's been a great great season, but uh, it sounds like you've had a great life, and and I'm glad you're touching so many lives with everything that you've been doing. Well, thanks a million. It's good to be good to be on with you. We had a great time. Okay. Thanks a lot. This has been Leadership Development News signing off. Tune in again next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. 